It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to just say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. And remember, 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 we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And make sure, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate you in advance. And T, very special announcement for all of my folks out there. We want to say an extra special thank you because Locked On Sports Atlanta has reached four thousand subscribers we really appreciate you guys you guys have been following orders and we really appreciate that uh and also spread the word on wherever you download your podcast because you know hey that's how we get down we are great and you don't want to hide that how about that now got a lot of good stuff on today's show bryce elder puts on a presidential performance in washington dc and now that it's official where does Georgia Tech go from here? You know, that song pops in my head immediately when I think about that. And last but not least, in For the Culture, the NFL finally makes it official. We'll talk about all that. But first, we have to get into, T, the Braves getting the shutout in D.C. Bryce Elder goes nine innings, the first time a rookie has um, pitched. Um, first time any Braves pitcher this year has um, pitched a complete game, but also – First time since since uh, 2003, Horatio Cabrera, who was a rookie that pitched a complete game for the Braves. How about that? 19 years since we've seen this from a rookie. Bryce Elder just do, absolutely doing his thing. Braves get the, get the dub, 8-0 T. What more can you ask for from a guy like Bryce Elder who's been, been in this role for the Braves this year? You can't ask any more of him, but it just speaks to every time – we think that this rookie class, the troublemakers, every time we think that they have shown us something amazing, then another one of them does something. So one night right. it'll be Michael Harris the second, then it's Vaughn Grissom, then it's Spencer Strider, and now it's Bryce Elder. I mean, it's just crazy what this class is about. And all I could think of was, man, Alex Anthopoulos does it again, because these are all gems that he saw, diamonds in the rough that are coming through clutch. And I was just excited because, of course, my thought was anything that Ryan Snicker can do to save the bullpen for the showdown that's coming with the Mets, that's a good thing. So to have Jackson Stevens warming up to come in in the ninth inning, and it's like, no, I got got this. We're good. That's amazing. And also for... For him to be, for Bryce Elder to be able to get that in 106 pitches. And, mm-hmm. you know, recently, uh, I think it might have been Charlie Morton, but one of the starters went 107 pitches, and maybe that was th- through three or four innings. So right. when you also think about the efficiency with which he pitched this game, that was impressive to me as well. But yeah, boy, oh boy, I think he's making the case for the playoff roster, especially when we saw what Jake Odorizzi did a couple nights ago. Ian Anderson is still not quite Ian Anderson. Charlie Morton is shaky, shaky, up, down, up, down, up, down. So I do think that he definitely made a case at least 
for Brian Snicker to consider. And quick correction, it's not Horatio Cabrera. I was thinking about the Georgia Tech um, president. Um, Horatio Ramirez was the first guy to do it, as as last guy to do it for the um, Braves as a rookie. But T, I, I think one of the things that, you know, you have to think about is the, is the pitching rotation going into the playoffs, right? And I think that, you know, Jake Odorizzi basically pitched, him, pitched himself out of that, you know, as, even as a possibility. And I think that – even if you don't use Bryce Elder in from a uh, starting rotation standpoint, but you have to be, he has to be in the conversation for that long relief, right? Just in case somebody does get rocked mm-hmm. because, you know, Charlie Morton has been known to for that to happen. And like, you know what? Hey, you don't got it today, Charlie. So we're going to have to go to somebody else. And I think that Bryce Elder is definitely a prime candidate for that. Now, yes. T, there was something interesting, you know, um, that I thought Arthur Smith said when you talk about, you know, answering certain questions and, you know, addressing certain things when it comes to how things have been, you know, before he took over as head coach. And, you know, there have been plenty of Sundays in that press box where we're sitting around and, and it's like 12.55 and 12.58 and we're sitting up here like, uh, where is everybody? So Arthur Smith answered, you know, had semi answered that question, and I think that when you talk, when his, I think his 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 quote on that was just just right on brand as far as like where he comes from and what he's about. You know, he said, "Hey, we're in the sports and entertainment business. We have to give people a reason to want to come to those games." And he said, "The fundamental essence of business is to create a customer." And you know where that came from. He's, and he even joked saying, "He's like, I got that beat in my head as a child." You know, with his father. With the, when you talking about your father being the CEO of a of, of a, of a, of a company like FedEx, which is very successful, if you, if you've been up under a rock, I think that that's something that lets you know that this guy understands what he needs to do. And I think that that is to win games. And that's how you're going to get people in the stands. And I think that for me, just from the, the three games that I've watched, T, I don't know about you, but I can't speak for you. But for me, like he is giving me a reason to want to be able to look forward to what this team can do because he has started to establish an identity of what he wants to do. He has a vision, and I think he's starting to execute that. Well, I take a look back at the Braves, and that's a team that crossed the 3 million fan mark, (sighs) 3 million people in attendance, and that was before the season, and that was with about 15 or so games left. And then you see everything that they're doing, like yesterday, they take their trip to the White House and they're motivated and excited. It actually made me think like, wow, I wonder if the new players are getting this. Like, are they seeing this energy? Are they, is that making them hungry to go back on another postseason run? Or the players who were there last year, are they saying to themselves, yeah, I want another chip? Maybe that's what happened because we saw an 8-0 shutout. We saw Marcelo Zuna was kind of come alive again, Matt Olson come alive, and even Orlando Arcia. I say that to say when you look at the product that's there consistently for the Braves, that's how you get to 3 million fans in the stand. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, consistency to me is the name of the game and also ascending up. Because we know before June, the Braves were looking a hot mess, and then they just kept building and building and building. So I believe that Arthur Smith and company have done the same thing. And I say and company because I think it's on the field, and I think it's on the sidelines as well. I feel like in game three, 
We saw better decision-making, better play calling from the, the OC, the DC, and from the head coach. And right. I also feel like more players executed the way we wanted to see them. Even with AJ Terrell, he didn't get burned like maybe he did the first two games, right? Yeah, he may have missed a few things, but that some of those weren't even his, not necessarily his fault. It may have just been, hey, the pass was just that darn good and there was no way AJ was going to defend that. That's one example. Uh, right. Cordero Patterson is your biggest example of consistency because you've now seen it across three games and it's like okay cp from last year might be cp this year and i think most importantly you also have to understand the assignment of giving the people what they want the people want kp no offense to drake london the people want kp no offense to cp because they want you to but the people want kp because there's nothing (laughs) like seeing your tight end one who's really your target one even if he's not wide receiver one there is nothing like seeing that big guy sprint down the sidelines or come up the middle and just say, throw me the darn ball, I'll go get it. And we started seeing that. Now we've got five catches on seven targets, 87 yards. Now, game plan for this week needs to be get KP in the end zone by any means necessary. And if you can show people that you're gonna continue to do that kind of thing, I think that you're gonna get to where you wanna be in the bins, even come Sunday, and now people, you know, petty folks all on Twitter this morning talking about, well, guess we're going, you know, if, if Miles Garrett ain't coming, I guess, we, I guess we're going to the game. Right. <laughs> okay. And, and you know what? Like, I think that, you know, the people that you, for the for the, the reason that you, one of the reasons why I think that he'll, he'll have an opportunity to get in the end zone is because of how Drake London has taken advantage of those, those looks that he's been getting. Because, you know, hey. Everybody coming come into the season, it's Kyle Pitts or nobody. You know, and right. nobody really respected Drake because they were like, oh, he couldn't separate, he's slow, yeah. you know, he, you know, he he's he just not that guy, you know. And mm-hmm. some reason people were wondering why the Falcons drafted him. Obviously, you see why. And I think that, you know, for those reasons and and paying attention to the run game, you know, the Falcons having one of the top um rushing teams in the in the NFL. Wait, Wait, wow, that sounds interesting. So, you know, back in all of the NFL in yardage behind Nick Chubb. Now, when is the last time you said that? Exactly. So there are a lot of good things going on with this offense. And I think that people have to practice patience because Arthur Smith is a really good play caller. Yes. Period. So, hey, it's going to work. So all you have to do is just be a little patient. And I think that Kyle Pitts will eventually get into the end zone. Now, what – Something that you have to be under, you have to understand is that when you make changes, you have to know where you're going. And I think that we're going to have a, we're going to have a conversation about Georgia Tech and where they are going next. But first, before we do that, we have to talk about BetOnline.net. Make sure you go there and check out what's going on with them because I don't know about you, but I've been trying to rack my brain as to whether or not I should go over or under because the number's at 49 and a half. And, and like, you, like you said, T, you know, with Miles Garrett being out, the Falcons may have an opportunity to be able to get that ball off. Marcus Mario can make, hit the open wide receiver or the tight end going down the middle of the field. You know, he ain't been able to do that not too much. But, you know, hey, working on it. You know, and I think that, you know, if, you, if you're trying to be interested in that type of stuff, right, go to betonline.net because you'll find all reviews and news of every league, even um, Major League Baseball, as they're getting ready to go into the playoffs. you got the NBA. They're getting ready to start up. If you want to bet on some preseason games, I'm sure you'll be able to do that. And also, they even got the uh, 
combat sports and esports and even golf. Yeah, that's just how they get down. They got everything you absolutely need. So what you need to do is go ahead to bet online today and you or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Because guess what, y'all? Bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I am Tanitra. That is Jarvis, and we are part of the Locked On Sports Network that you guys have brought to 4,000 subscribers. So we appreciate you for that. We appreciate that you keep on going to wherever you download your podcast and you download us and you give us five-star reviews. So thank you for all of it. None of it goes unnoticed. And even if you watch us on Amazon Fire or Roku, drop us a note and let us know what your thoughts are on the show because, hey, we look to bring you guys the heat each and every day. And speaking of heat and being on the hot seat, the hot seat finally just went up in flames at Georgia Tech yesterday. In fact, two hot seats went up in flames yesterday. One, of course, was for head coach Jeff Collins, the other for athletic director Todd Stansbury. So they, of course, are no longer with the organization. And obviously, Jeff Collins, with the record we saw, three wins, three out of the last of his four seasons, three out of the last four seasons. And then you think about a blowout loss, uh, like a, a, literally a shutout a couple of weeks ago. All of those things played factors in his departure. And of course, Stansberry, and we'll talk about two factors in his departure, but the first factor, the main factor being that at the end of the day, whether we think Georgia Tech is a football team or a football school or not, what the donors think and what the fans expect that's the bottom line. And they felt like Todd Stansbury for the last six, year, six years did some good things, did some good things in getting, uh, I think, McCamish under his leadership was renovated and it is amazing. And there were some other things. He brought in a lot of money, but what he didn't do is help to put a good product on the field. So Brent Key, of course, who was one of the coordinators, now takes over as interim head coach. But the real question is this, doesn't really seem like Tech is going to be in a hurry to hire a new head coach until they hire an AD, probably want the new AD to get his own guy in, right? Right. So, but it makes you think when you see all the quick trigger action around college football, how quickly is this fan base, these donors and even President Anyel Cabrera, how quickly do they want to see a turnaround or are they going to, as you've said in our last segment, practice some patience? You know what? I I think, the main thing is to get the right guy. Like, and I think that if you get the right guy, then the patience will come. Because, you know, just like I mentioned with Arthur Smith, Arthur Smith is a really good play caller. And I think he's gonna eventually be a really good head coach. Mm-hmm. So there are determining factors to that, right? So if the guy comes in and he sparks the fan base, you know, he says all the right things and he wants to bring a, a different type of culture to Georgia Tech, and then he also which Jeff Collins did. He did those first two things. But what he did not do was for it to transfer to over to the field. And that's that's the problem. That's the issue. That's why Jeff Collins got fired. So I think that if you're able to they're able to get the right guy in there and he's able to do those three things that I just said, everything else will fall into place. Everybody they'll be super patient because they know that they have the right guy in place. And I think that, you know, when you have the president of your school saying, you know, oh, hey, we want to be among the best in athletics, just like in everything we do. You yes. know, from an academic standpoint, we mm-hmm. are, there's no question what Georgia Tech is. Yes. But when they say they want to have athletics in that same conversation, they want to be in that those those things to be synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. 
they said that's why they made the changes, T. Yeah. Then they may go, they may have to start to think about making some changes with the emissions and adjusting those things a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that that's going to be the key in order yeah. to be able to get the right guy in there. Like, hey, yeah. are y'all going to help me out? Y'all want me to help y'all out? Y'all need to help me mm-hmm. out on that end, right. too. So I think those are some of the things that are definitely going to help, you know, this fan base. Hey, you know you got the right guy in, so mm-hmm. practice patience. Yes. So what does the right guy look like to you? Is that a safe hire? Is it a gamble? Is it a splashy name? Because you go back to this. In other sports, they have had a lot of success, especially their women's sports. Uh, we yes. know that their Georgia Tech women's basketball team went quite deep into Squad. the postseason last year. So, yeah, they they do what they're supposed to do. But it's and, – and they have – I wouldn't say they've taken gambles necessarily, but they definitely have gone with, I would say, a splashy name and a safe hire all at the same time. Like, they've gone right. that route. But this is arguably the most visible position – at the university that they've had to decide, okay, which direction do we go? And so, I mean, are they gonna play it safe, you think? Are they gonna go with like a gamble, kind of shoot the dice, see what happens? Or is it just gonna be, bam, this name, because we know from a recruiting perspective, we gotta do something to take some attention from Athens. You know, I think like, it can't be safe. Like, like if, if you approach it with that mindset, that then you get guys like, Bill O'Brien and uh, what's the suit and tie guy, Al Golden down in Miami. You know, those are the type of hires you get when you go approach it with that type of manner, right? Like you can easily say, oh, yeah, let me go get Jeff Munkin from Army. Yeah, you know, he can get things right. Yeah, that's not what you – that's not what George Tech needs. And I'm not saying you go to the opposite extreme and like and just jump all out there Mm willy-nilly like you did when you gave Mm -hmm. Jeff Collins a seven-year guaranteed contract. You know, and he was only 15 and 10 at Temple. <laughs> you know, that I'm not saying do that. But what I am saying mm-hmm. is, like, I even got an example. T, I did mm-hmm. a little research, right? I got a guy that that would be the perfect, perfect for, for Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. Remember Thomas Brown, the mm-hmm. running back? They played for uh, University of Georgia. How about mm-hmm. that? Uh, Georgia Bulldog getting the uh, yellow jackets right. But I, I think he would be a great candidate. candidate. Uh-huh. Here's why. Like, he's already interviewed for an NFL head coaching job, right? He's already been a candidate on, on that, that that landscape. So that kind of gives you the uh, kind of a picture, uh, a deep dive into what he is as a coach on that level. Right. Now, like, I had a conversation with one of the more respected high school coaches mm-hmm. in the state of Georgia, in DeKalb mm-hmm. County, where yeah. I'm from, where I played. And he vouches for Thomas Brown. I literally had this conversation this morning. He vouched for Thomas Brown because he said how good of a guy he is and he moves men. Like, and for you to have a guy at that age, at 36 years old, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the type of stuff that you're looking for. And he has those connections in the cab. Right. Knowing all those coaches, having guys vouch for you when, when it comes to when you're going out into these high schools trying to get guys to come to your school, that's mm-hmm. what you're going to need in order to get – to dip into yeah. this hotbed, right? Everybody's talking about, hey, yeah, the hotbed is Atlanta. But mm-hmm. you got to have a guy that has relationships with all of these high, these high school coaches in the city yeah. in order for it to even matter, right? You know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like you said, they'll go to Georgia. Like, like they understand yeah. what Kirby Smart's bringing to the table. Like, that's yeah. easy. Yeah. Hey, Kirby want to see you today. Okay. Right. Let me go ahead and go in here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's an easy conversation. Yeah. But Jeff Collins, eh, snake oil salesman maybe. 
you know, yes. you don't want that to be said about your coach. So I think that, yeah. you know, yeah. Thomas Brown is the type of guy that I feel like that can, you know, you know, be that guy to take Georgia Tech to where it wants to be, whatever yeah. that is, whatever that may be. Yeah. And the other thing is, you know, if you're going to go with someone who is safe, I would say go safe, but like and be true to yourself, but kind of be a little bit edgy. So mm. in other words, OK. Yes, you went with uh, someone like a Jeff Collins who didn't have a whole heck of a lot of head coaching experience. Indeed. And so some may say, okay, well, why go that route again or why go the coordinator route? Well, I would think, and this is just a prototype, not saying that it would be Todd Munkin, but that kind of a, a coach, that kind of OC is who you want. One who is under the tutelage of a highly successful head coach. Yes. And the most recent example is Kirby Smart. Look mm-hmm. at how his tree is developing. I yep. mean, it, it's amazing to see what's happening with his tree. So if it's me and I'm Georgia Tech and I'm trying to eat into what Kirby Smart is doing as a starting point, win Georgia, okay? You you got to, and some, you got to make a dent in Georgia, then go down the street to Athens. Look at that tree and see who might be interested in coming up the road or even somebody who may have gone, you know, maybe kind of a little further down the tree, but has gotten some more, maybe assistant head coaching experience, that sort of thing. I think that might be sort of a gamble, but then a safe hire all at the same time, because you have all of that success that is underlying what has been able to be accomplished in Athens. Now, the other piece there is this, you look at Georgia Tech, and I, I said this yesterday, I said there were, to me, three possible hot seats. Jeff Collins, which his seat blew up in flames. Todd Stansbury seat went up in smoke. But my question is on the heels or the eve of the start of college basketball season in about a month and a half, what does this actually mean for Josh Pashner? Because Josh Pashner has gone on and off the hot seat almost since the day he got to Tech and he asked us for five years Well, we're here. You know what? And, and just to add one more quick thing before I get to Josh Pashner, I think that Todd Munkin would be that type of guy, right, and be able to steal him, so to speak, from UGA. I think Georgia Tech fans would absolutely love that. So I I really like that Todd Munkin um, um, selection. But when you talk about Josh Passion, right, like he kind of came in with the hoopla a little bit, you know, from he came in with the, hey, he's a great recruiter. And then mm-hmm. you had the whole scandal thing. And, you know, he ended up coming out somewhat clean, but, right. you know, he still has some dirt up under his fingernails. You yeah. know, you associate yeah. yourself with, with, with fleas, um, with, with guys with fleas, you know, you're going to get fleas. So, you know, he had, he still came out a little bit dirty. So right. I think that Georgia mm-hmm. Tech, Tech understands that. And I think that, you know, he's has to be on notice as well, yeah. because yeah. when you talk about who, what program should be rolling, rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, I know if you ask a lot of people that's from this city and 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 understands the history of Georgia Tech in this city, mm-hmm. they would say the basketball team. That's exactly. first thing to come I to mind. Like, 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 there's no reason why you shouldn't be good in basketball. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that to me. Yeah. I know that Tech fans are upset about football right. because you want football to be number one. Any college in the south wants football to be number one but in all honesty yeah i'm not a tech fan and what disappoints me is 
well, what's up with the Jackets basketball? Like, what's up with that? I mean, don't get me wrong. Nope. What we saw Jose Alvarado do last year and what he then right. did with the Pelicans this past season was amazing. Yes. But you don't just want to have one player to go that route or you don't want to just win ACC because everybody else forfeited because we were right on the you know cusp of the pandemic. Man, man, right. yeah. we the conference. No, we want it to be take people back to the days of Dennis Scott or Stephon Marbury, Chris Bosch. Mark Price, John Sally, and I don't know if any of those guys really have a, a true deep interest in coaching, but I also know that sometimes if they dip their toe in the water and they have a real affinity for their alma mater, coupled with, coupled with, and no offense to Jeff Collins, but coupled with more success than at, at a there high level, go. at the NBA yep. level, then you mm-hmm. might be able to snag some of those guys that this program has been known for over the decades. Now, speaking of a program that we hope you know about over the decades, it's Coffee AM because we're hoping that we're the ones who tip you off to such an amazing product that decades from now you'll be telling people how great Coffee AM is because we try to tell you every day about it. You know, Jarvis, he definitely is one who drinks the coffee side. Yes, Lord. And uh, I tell you, getting up as early as I have to get up now for work, in a minute, I'm going to become a coffee drinker, but I still love my green tea. That is the thing for me. And I think it's cool that they have gift sets. So you don't have to be a coffee drinker. You don't even have to be a tea drinker. But if you know a coffee drinker or a tea drinker, it might be a great gift for you to share with them. So if you want to know more about a small batch roaster, the best one in the country who goes all over the world to get the best coffee beans to make that coffee for you the same day or not long before or after you actually purchase it, go to their website, coffeeam.com backslash locked on. will actually get you 15% off your first order. So again, that is coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Go get 15% off your first order. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. want to just say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We appreciate you for downloading this wherever you get your podcast because, you know, hey, we really appreciate you spreading the word when you give us a five-star review because we don't hide greatness on this show because that's just, that's, just, that's just who we are. But, T, this is For the Culture, and it's the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever you know, we want to talk about because that's just how we get down. Today is no different. T, the NFL has made it official. It is officially a flag football game. Um, <laughs> now, it was it was a flag football game in pads before, but now it's officially a flag football game. Um, they decided to rebrand it, and they're going to call it the Pro Bowl Games and feature, you know, the top AFC, NFC um, players. And, of course, they're going to keep it right before the Super Bowl, and it's going to be – Held at on February 5th at Allegiant yeah. Stadium. That's in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. And it's going to be ABC and ESPN will broadcast a game. And, of course, you can't do anything nowadays without mm-hmm. adding Peyton Manning's name to it. And his I Omaha Productions <laughs> will partner with the league and, you know, and ESPN on the revamp game. So, of course, Manning's going to figure out a way to make this bad boy interesting. But, T, yeah. off your based off your first instinct when you heard this, like – does this do anything for you as far as having you looking forward to the Pro Bowl games? Not at all. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, why don't you just scrap the whole thing? Right. Like, just scrap yeah, it. I mean, just, right name, just name the people to the Pro Bowl, name the all-pro team and keep yes. pushing. Because yep. it just it does not rise to the level of the MLB All-Star game 
the MLB All-Star game crescendos, right? Right. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. the Home Run Derby is the better game, but at a, but oftentimes it crescendos and that Home Run Derby gets you excited about the All-Star game, right? Right. And for basketball, now, yes, we know that most of the time you don't have to tune in until like that fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, yeah, like yeah. The format as well, so that you win quarter by quarter and there's money tied to it for the charities that mm-hmm. the captains support, right? right. So you're yeah. a little bit more engaged. And again, they have a bit more, they have better buildup. There's nothing building up to the Pro Bowl because guess what? I don't care if it's flag football. I don't care if it's real football or I don't care if you skip through the tulips. At the end of the day, the whole world is like, get out of my way. Where, where, where's the Super Bowl? Like, like um, why is it taking so long for the Super Bowl to get here? Another Sunday before this thing starts. <laughs> exactly. I mean, literally, you t- and you might do this. How many of us have done this? Channel serve, channel serve. Okay, we stop at the Pro Bowl. Oh, okay. KP is in. Let me watch this. Let me watch this particular possession since KP is in. Oh, that's a good drive with KP. KP's done. On. Brady's done. On. I'm done. Like seriously, you literally tune in for your team's respective players, or if you have a favorite player, to see you know when he, when or if he gets in the game and you know does a little something, and that's really it. I just think that the that football has to figure it out. I do yeah. like that they brought it uh, stateside. I do think right. that's going to at least help us feel like we have a little bit more access than when it was in Hawaii. But no, I and look, Jarvis, I'll be honest. I'm not sure what the answer is mm-hmm. game-wise. I just don't think flag football is it. If you're, if you're not playing real football, T, it's not interesting. Because I remember vividly some Pro Bowl moments. Specifically, is probably one of my favorite safeties of all time. Rest in peace, Sean Taylor, knocking a dog mess. I think the punter was Mormon. Last name was Mormon. I think he used to punt for the Redskins back in the day. He knocked the block off that punter. And I absolutely love it because he took off running. He was like, hey, you're a fair game, sir. And I absolutely love it. That's the only way Pro Bowl was interesting because you had (laughs) different guys from different teams playing on the same team, and they were actually going out there and competing and playing real football. Like, you can't dress it up like a pig, and I know for a fact it's not a pig. That's not a pig y'all putting out on that field. Like that's stick on that thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Those are turkey ribs. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's not no doggone uh, rib, real ribs. Those are turkey ribs. Like, you can't tell me tell me those turkey ribs. Those are yeah, pork. That's not ribs. brisket. That's some old fake meat. Exactly. That's some foolishness. That's some old uh, crushed up black beans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Shaped I like mean, a doggone meat. Like, come on. you can say about it, Jarvis, I think yes. is the right description <laughs> because it is just not a good product and you know i was thinking one more thing i know we're going to move on to another topic but one more thing Mm -hmm. i was thinking of as well is i don't know how you incent players because i don't know that it's necessarily the money but they also have to figure out how to keep the the key players you know the guys that got the most votes the ones you're going to see on the nfl top 100 or top 50 or top 20 of the 100 you got to incent them to play i do get it for the players who are going to the super bowl that makes it kind of difficult for some of them but you also have to get more players not to bow out because that has also kind of, I don't want to say water down the product, but for lack of a better term, water down the product. Water down the product. And I think that, you know, that's something that they're definitely going to have to keep an eye on. But, but I think we both agree that this isn't it. 
All right, before we get out of here, T, like you mentioned, you know, Brittany Griner has been over in Russia for over, what, 200 some odd days now. And, you know, she's been sentenced to 10 years. Hopefully she doesn't serve that. Right. And I thought it was pretty interesting when I came across this video clip of her former coach. Here's mm -hmm. Kim Mulkey on, as to whether or not she has anything to say about what's going on with Brittany Griner. Describe that process of, of putting that collective group together. And then, too, I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on Brittany Griner's situation. And uh, I don't think I've seen anything from you on that. And, just, uh, can you, and you won't. I'll answer the first one for you. T, one of the things that I've always been cognizant of are the type of coaches that really don't give a damn about the players. Mm -hmm. They try to sell you on it. They try to tell you whatever they that you want to hear to get you to step on campus. And then they use you. And then mm -hmm. once you're done, your eligibility is up. You don't matter to them. And I think this is a prime example of that with Kim Mulkey. And yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not surprised by these comments at all. Not at all. If you have followed the history of Kim Mulkey, you will know that she is about Kim Mulkey. She always has been. And I would imagine at this stage of her life, assuming her age, looking at her, uh, she's not going to change her way. Pew, 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 pew. So at the end of the day, I think that Jarvis said it best, which is when you parent are being courted, just like your son or daughter is being courted, then check the record that's coming behind that person. Don't be so concerned about the money or the cachet of the school. Look at the human that is going to have your child in her or his hands for two, three or four years, however long your child is in that program. And I would think if you look back also at some of the comments that Kim Mulkey has made across the years, she is the prototype of what you don't want for your child because again, She's the one person who, Jarvis, we need all amplified voices to get Brittany yes. Griner out of this mess. Any voice, every voice counts. But again, if she doesn't want to speak up, sometimes like our parents have told us in the past, yes, silence is as telling as speaking. When we see you guys tomorrow, we definitely hope that we will not have anything to be silent about because we don't want the Braves bats to be silent. We want those bats to come alive again today. And we know Kyle Muller has been called back up so that he can pitch tonight. So hopefully he'll get a win and we'll be having a great conversation because the Mets will lose and then we'll be, Braves will be right back on their way to the top of the NL East. We're going to yes. talk some more Falcons. There are some more things that we want to dive into as we get closer to their showdown at the bins with the Browns and anything else that happens on the ATL landscape. We'll bring it your way. And after you listen to us bringing it your way, go check out A to Z with Mark Zeno. He brings the heat as well. We appreciate you guys for stopping by. And, of course, we want to see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear? Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.